Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats, where every week I, comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms, whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a smosa, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats episode 20, the season finale. Um, and we've got with us Dr. Meenal Viz. How are you today, Meenal? Uh, hi, Bri. Thank you for having me on the show, first of all. And um, how are you question is, is a very difficult question to ask to doctors <laughs> working in the NHS right now. Um, I think we've hit a point where we just don't know how we feel anymore. Our emotions are changing almost on a daily basis. Um, but today is my day off. And I'm just using this time to wind down and relax and have a chat with you because I think I need that sort of emo- I need that emotional reserve to go back on Monday morning. That's, that, well, I'm glad I can help. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I think you know what the conversation is going to be dominated by. Yeah. But, um, so let's get into your background first. So obviously you work with the NHS. Mm. What's your sort of medical background then? Well, I I studied medicine in Prague. Um, I was there for six years. Um, I graduated in 2018. Um, and I came back to the UK. So just again, originally I'm from Gibraltar. So I was never, I've never lived in the UK before. Um, I studied medicine in Prague. I graduated in 2018 and I came to UK. I started working as a senior house officer. Uh, my first job was in uh, the oncology department, and I was there for some time, about four or five months. And then after that, I moved into acute medicine um, and emergency medicine. So that's that's currently where I am at the moment. Right. Okay. That make, that makes sense. Um, so I, I I guess the first question really to understand is what 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 the hell is the okay. coronavirus? <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is going on, Meenal? Please tell us. <laughs> well, it's, it's very... I mean, we're getting a lot of things on the media. We're getting a lot of things on WhatsApp. I'm sure your mom and your aunts are forwarding you things every day. And <laughs> it's getting very frustrating now as well. Like, you know, all the news that's going around. But basically, this virus we first heard about in... About a few months ago in China. That's where it came about, in Wuhan. Uh, the first... The first time people heard about it, the first time doctors heard about it, they were trying to raise the issue with the Chinese government, but they were silenced because pe- mm-hmm. they didn't. the government didn't want to sort of expose to the world that there's something going around. Now, the doctors who were, the doctor, I must say, who, who was silenced, uh, he was an ophthalmologist. And it's interesting because... We weren't aware of this until a few days ago, but ENT doctors, ear, nose, throat doctors, are the ones at the highest risk of exposure to this virus. And I guess it's for obvious reasons, right? Because they're looking into people's noses and mouths and, you know, the whole ENT system. So he was an ophthalmologist. Uh, He raised the concern that this virus is going around, but the government had silenced him. And it's really heartbreaking to to say, but he had a a wife um, who was expecting the second child. Um, he caught the virus in a clinic because someone came into his clinic and she she had the virus and he ended up in ITU on a ventilator and he passed away. And this virus has gone from Wuhan to around, around the world. The interesting thing about this virus 
breathe is that it's not like the flu. And I think it's really important to emphasize to your listeners, to yourself as well, that this virus is not something that just affects your lung and that's it. This gives you a bilateral pneumonia. It affects both lungs. So both lungs mm-hmm. means that you're going to struggle to breathe if it gets to that stage. And this is why I want to emphasize again, you're going to hear a lot on the media that there were old people, vulnerable people, immunocompromised people. But we've seen healthy young adults come into ED, come into A&E with this virus and have had to get the ventilator, have had to go on a ventilator machine. Because as I said, it does affect both lungs and you do get a bilateral pneumonia picture from it. So this virus... So, sorry, so what's a bi- bilateral pneumonia picture? It's gonna, so it will affect both lungs. Bilateral means both sides. So it's going to affect both lungs. Usually with the flu or with a common cold, you can get away with it at home. It doesn't affect your breathing mm-hmm. as much. Um, there are some like really stupid things going around on WhatsApp that I'm sure I'm sure you've come or if you haven't come across it I'm sure your mom's come across it but it's something like Trust me, I've come across it. yeah I'm sure you've come across it but you know people are saying things like it creates mucus secretions in your lungs and make it difficult to block and it's you don't need the thing is that's not important information right you don't need to know mm. that you don't need to as a, as someone as a citizen as a member of the community you don't need to know that you just need to know that it's not as easy as tackling the common flu. And this is why people are dying. And this is why people are going into hospital. And I haven't come on your show today, Preet, to scare anybody, but I've come on to to emphasize the impact this is having on people, on their lives, and on doctors as well. Because if you're not careful, you're gonna spread it to us and we still have to show up to work every day. Obviously, the government just yesterday announced that everything is shut down which is great mm. and we're really happy about that because I think these measures should have been taken before because we had enough time to learn from other countries but they decided yeah. to they decided to only take action now and it's great that people don't need to go to work people don't need to sort of socially interact but we still have to deal with patients in our hospital and so on, on, on a ground level sorry to interrupt but on a ground level what are you seeing with the virus in hospitals like, I, I guess that, that, that's, a, that's a twofold question. I guess, firstly, what are you seeing with the patients that come in with the virus? Yeah. And secondly, what impact is that having on the hospitals? I'll, I'll talk about the impact it's having on staff, mainly, Breathe, because what is, what's yeah. happening in IT, what's happening in A&E is, is obviously important to understand. You, obviously, everybody knows that we are short-staffed, we're under-equipped. We know all of that that's coming in the news. But I think I want to talk about what's what the impact is having on my, my, my doctors, my colleagues, my nurses, healthcare assistants, even domestic staff, people even working in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. There is panic and fear spreading through all of us. And you can feel it when you go and speak to someone, when you ask for advice from a senior member or from anybody else. We, we all have a very short fuse now. Like, there's just, like, no time or no space for any sort of bullshit or anything like that. It's just get to the point and that's it. Like, don't mess with me. Don't mess around. Because people are scared that they might catch the virus. People are scared that they might take it home to their child or to their elderly parents. 
we we just don't know what's happening and we don't know if we've had it we don't know if we're carrying it we don't know if we're positive because there are not enough tests going around so on on that level in terms of working in the hospital right now it's it's scary we are running our goodwill is running on fumes now our kindness is running on fumes and this is just the beginning of it and i i worry what's going to happen in the next week or so because it could it could just get worse yeah so when it comes to like your own workplace and i, I guess obviously the the sort of um the the sort of feeling of tension and panic in the air and stuff mm. what how can normal people people like myself how can we sort of assist with that that's a really good question breed and before I, I answer that i just also want to say that people who are listening in i have had very supportive i have a lot i've had a lot of support from my seniors everyone has been very understanding so far of my my concerns and my worries no one has shut me down no one has told me to sort of uh um shy away from asking i've been been very clear with my worries and concerns and everything that i've raised has been tackled and i also want to emphasize again that the problems that are happening are not based on my hospital or my husband's hospital or any hospital it's all based from a government level you know funding mm. tests all of these things are coming from there so our qualms are not with our hospitals and i'll say this again on the record i've had a lot of support from my colleagues everyone has been very caring and very understanding it's the panic that's going through around people is 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 just inevitable it was going to happen and it will happen but so many doctors and nurses are stepping up and taking that lead to be kind and to be to still be compassionate and i think that's really the the most important thing that people need to know so going back to your question breathe i just wanted to clear that <laughs> so that people understand that we don't have qualms with the hospitals or our, our senior members because everyone's been really supportive how can the the public help us well you've seen on the media you've seen on even on social media i'm sure that everyone's telling you to stay off the street so you can help doctors and i think that's the main message breathe uh respect our medical advice respect the fact that we know what we're talking about we're on a double decker bus right now we're at the top and we can see what's coming our way the public are in the same bus but they're sitting right at the back they don't actually see what's coming they don't know what's coming around and i don't expect them to because they're not at the front line of of what's happening we have seen what's happened in italy what's happened in spain and as i mentioned to you before we started recording i'm concerned about even my family in india because they they haven't been hit yet and they haven't been hit yet because they haven't had enough tests to test it all the people so again numbers don't mean anything at the moment it means nothing to us even in the uk because not everyone is being tested so i i would just ask the public to please keep in mind that you are putting people at risk who are elderly you're pe- putting people at risk who are immunosuppressed you're pe- putting people at risk who work in the hospital who have to go home to their family as well Boris Johnson did say that if you have a fever, if you have a cough to stay at home. Yes, you should stay at home if you have a temperature and you're unwell, but if you are worried about your your condition, if you feel that you're deteriorating and you need medical input, call 111. Don't sit at home in fear. Uh because I think that's another concern that I have is that what if you're sitting at home and you're really unwell and you might deteriorate quickly. People are being very kind and saying we don't want to burden the NHS staff. Yes, we are we are under a big burden now under this pandemic 
but we are here to serve you. That's our job. And we're, we're never going to forget that. That's what, that's what we're born to do. It's in our blood. We want to show up to work every day and, and help you. We can only do that, though, if everyone's on the same page. Just previously, you just mentioned that this, is, this isn't a hospital-wide issue. It's not a team issue. It's a government issue. What did you mean by that? Well, what I, what I mean by that, Preet, is that as, as doctors working in the hospital, uh, I my, my consultants and their managers and whoever's involved in, in leading this pandemic, they are not directly involved in ordering masks. They're not directly involved in funding for the equipment, right? It's coming from a higher level and they're, they're following their orders. And this is something that as doctors as well, we need to understand that everyone is in stuck in their position and everyone is trying to follow everything that they're receiving from above. I'm following my consultants, consultants are following their managers and it just goes up and up. So I think we just need to remember that. And I also want to emphasize again, I've had a lot of great support from my colleagues. Uh, I'm happy to go to work because I have that support. Uh, the fear is why has the government only acted now and not weeks ago? So your question as well about how can the the public help us? Mm. The public can help us in, in all the ways you're seeing on social media already. I don't want to repeat myself because I'm sure you, you've had enough WhatsApp forwards. and, yeah. and I, So I'm seeing a lot on social media and stuff about how um, the government's actually getting quite a bit of praise for what it's doing now. Um, and I've always kind of, like, reading through it, it's always kind of seemed to me that they're basically getting a pat on the back for minimise or trying to minimise, you know, having a jolly good effort at minimising a situation that they've, in fact, increased. Um, what could the government, what should the government have done mm. before? Everything they're doing now should have been done two weeks ago, breathe, or even seven days ago. That's, yes. Uh, the ordering of masks, the ordering of PPE, which is personal protective equipment, which essentially is just a surgical mask and apron and gloves. Uh, all of these things should have been done weeks ago uh, in preparation for what was coming. The government are getting all these pats on the back to say, OK, well done, you, you're doing a great job for, for handling it. And it's it's great to see Rishi Sunak say we're going to help people who are who are worried about their jobs and, and their wages, and all that is great. Boris Johnson has shut down schools and he's kept them open for uh, children who still need to go in because their parents are working in, in healthcare or in the supermarkets and they're providing service to the public. And it's great. Honestly, I'm glad that he did that yesterday and I'm glad that this is what this is the decision that was made. I just mm. wish it was done before. And have if, if they had done it a week ago or two weeks ago, it probably would have helped us a lot in, in the NHS right now. So is, is, is that just through the sheer volumes of cases that you're getting? Um, it's not just the sheer cases of volumes that of cases that we're getting now, because mm. I'm sure it will go up in the next few days, in the next few weeks. But it's the uncertainty. It's the the fear that, well, if we didn't have enough masks today, then we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We may run out of something else. We may not have enough ITU beds. We may, you, you see what I mean? Like there, there's a there's a long list of things that might we might not have because if they weren't ready for the basics at the start, we're just worried about what's going to happen later on. Yeah, 
that kind of makes sense, yeah, because obviously I think everybody's expecting the cases to now be going up. Um, mm. I've been seeing a lot of stuff, again, uh, as you can tell, I get a lot of my news and stuff, my, a lot of my real-world news from social media, I guess, and I'm yeah. seeing a lot of people that are still going out into gatherings and stuff, pubs, mm. like last mm. night, you know, uh, it was almost like a nationwide thing where people were going out to pubs for one last drink before yep. they close. What are the dangers of people doing that? I, I'm, I'm, the thing is, Breed, I, I don't know how to emphasize this more than <laughs> you can put enough social media posts out and you can you can put enough twi- you can put enough tweets and Facebook posts, Instagram, put it on the news. People still might not listen and. The only thing I will say, Breathe, is that as the, as NHS workers, as people working at the front line, uh, I haven't been in, into work, into, into the emergency department over the last few days. My husband has. If you, if you imagine a double-decker bus, you, you can imagine how the NHS workers are right at the top of the double-decker bus. They can see what's coming. Mm. They know what's coming towards to hit us. The public are sitting at the back on the bottom floor, right at the back, and not able to see what's going on, not really knowing what's behind, what's in front, what's left and right. I think that's what people need to understand. You going out means that not only are you putting yourselves at risk, it means that you could put someone at risk who may have to come into hospital. They will come into hospital, we get affected. A lot of doctors currently working may even be pregnant. They may have to go home to their pregnant wives they may have to go to home to the elderly uh, grandparents. Mm. What about them? Why are you not thinking about them? Is one pint on Friday night going to kill you? It's yeah. not. You can stay at home. And we are not telling you to isolate yourself in a wartime zone. You know, you've got TV, you've got your computer, you've got your phone, you've got things around you. I understand it's not easy. It is a very difficult time, especially for those who have anxiety you've got mental health issues who may not even enjoy being at home i get it but going out to the pub is purely purely selfish because Mm. you're not thinking about other people around you and my uh, my plea is to please stay at home don't take this lightly even in the supermarket today i went into tesco and i I mentioned to you this morning it's like i was desperate to get fresh fruit and veg because i don't even remember the last time i ate a banana because nothing is nothing is around um People still are still not practicing social distancing in the supermarkets. Yeah. Even then, you're allowed to go out. I'm not saying stay at home for 24 hours and, you know, you're going to get cabin fever. I get it. But even when you're out, please be mindful. Please keep that distance. Please keep sanitizing your hands. Cough into your elbow. Mm. These are all very basic things. And we all have a moral responsibility to care for other people around us because we are a global community right now. We are not London going through a pandemic. We're not you know, uh, UK going through it, we're not Italy, it's a global thing. We are a global community and that's how we need to see it. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people, I I I think what you just mentioned there as well, it's it's not even just about yourself, i.e. being, you know, this person who can can, um, get over colds and flus and stuff, being a young person where it's not going to be quite severe. It is about the wider community. It's about affecting, mm. infecting that person that you walk past in a supermarket who's, you know, 80 or whatever. Um, yeah. And I see that a lot in some of these videos about, like, the, there was a lot of interviews with, with people in pubs and stuff. 
And they were just kind of sort of brushing it off and be like, well, you know, I'm young and it's not going to really affect me. And it's kind of like, you know, well, is, it, is boredom really worth risking someone's life? Maybe not your own, but someone's life. Yeah. Well, Breathe, I, uh, you're just talking about the supermarkets as well. And I'm, I'm sure you'll ask me this question about panic buying, but I'll answer it before you ask yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was in the supermarket today and there was a, there was all this, most of the shelves were empty for like eggs and bread and everything, which is fine. I was like, well, we'll figure something else out. We'll just have to change our menu up a little bit. It's fine. There's still food. And I'm very grateful for that. Even if I have to eat cereal three times a day, it's fine. Yeah. Like it's okay. Um, but there was, there was, there was some people I saw with like 10 loaves of bread in their basket. And like, I understand some people live in big families, Preet, but <laughs> I mean, do you really need 10 loaves of bread? Um, and then just, you know, just half a meter behind them, you see an elderly couple just trying to find food. Uh, to, and and they're, they're obviously struggling because usually they would have people helping them and stuff because of now the social distancing thing that's happening. They're trying to sort of fend for themselves as well. Mm. And it's heartbreaking to see. And I, I'm talking about it now, Breathe, and I just want to cry. Like, it's the only emotion I can think of right now to just let it out of my system. Because yesterday I discharged a, a couple of elderly patients and they asked me, they said, is it true that there's no loo roll? There's no toilet roll? Um, I don't have any food at home. When I go home, it's Friday night yesterday, 8 p.m. Yeah. I was sending these patients home. And they were concerned. They was like, well, I can't go to the supermarket till tomorrow. And I had to sit down with them and explain, like, if you go tomorrow morning and there's no bread, that's fine. You can try go in the evening. They're restocking. Mm. That should be okay. But I don't know if I can say that in five days. I just don't know what, what's going to happen in the next few days. I don't know if yeah. we'll have that uh, capacity to, to do that. And this is going back to what I was saying earlier, that don't just think about yourself. Think about other people as well. This is the one time we're asking you to to stand up and have that moral responsibility for your community. And this is the one time that you really need to think about it. Yeah. It is, it is quite an interesting thing. Like in my lifetime, this is the first time I think anybody's ever gone through that. And I think a lot of these like uber patriotic people, you know, Brexit means Brexit kind of thing. It now's their time to like start showing how patriotic they are by sitting mm. at home and doing fuck all. Like, you know. Well, well, yes. Yesterday, the the Weatherspoons owner, um, who's known to have, to be a Brexit supporter and supporting Boris Johnson, he said he wouldn't shut his pubs. And and this came out at about two p.m. So this was before the prime minister's message at four o'clock when he shut everything down. But you just see people just refuse to to to, to understand the severity of it, mm. and it it's also what's happening in with with India right now, um, I messaged before you, I mentioned this before you, you called me, um, in India right now, yesterday, I saw a Bollywood actor go on screen and say, oh, like, everyone isolate yourself, stay at home, protect the vulnerable, whatever, and that's fine, I'm glad people are raising the issue, and that, that needs to be done, but it's easy as a Bollywood actor to isolate yourself in a 10-bedroom house, <laughs> <laughs> You can do that, you know, it's easy to do that. But what about the labor class? How are they going to survive this? They don't understand the severity of the virus. And if they have a fever or cough, even on a normal basis, they will still show up to work because they have to. Mm. Who's going to protect them? You know, we have our government here who are doing everything they can to protect us because we are a developed country. But what about them? 
what about the those people who don't have that protection and in 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 a pandemic or in any political situation that comes about in the world it's always the same people that gets affected and that really breaks my heart it's always going to be the labor class in india the lower class in india um nhs workers are affected again uh due to what's what's been happening it's always the same people affected and this is the time now for everyone to stand up and make sure that doesn't happen mm. that the people who need to be protected are protected because the government's not going to protect us they will try to and they will do their best but ultimately as a society this is where we need to hold ha- well not hold hands because we can't do that <laughs> right now but you know what i mean <laughs> metaphorically hold hands and and stand together yeah i i am with you there i think you raise a couple of interesting points where you know i think over the past like even myself over the past week you know i've been like oh my god can't go out can't do this i'm so bored but then like you think about an actual underclass like say in india where yeah they do have it bad. They, they don't, A, they don't have the level of education that we've been fortunate enough through our governments and stuff know a lot about, you know, social distancing, you know, this is what this thing is, this is how deadly it is. And we have the luxury of employment laws as well. So even though people are suffering here, you know, self-employed people, freelancers, mm. that kind of stuff. I mean, it can always be worse. Mm. Imagine having to still show up to work. And if you don't, that's it, you're just done. Yeah, and the, the the thing is, Preet, this is not just coronavirus times. This is their life in general. Yeah. If they're unwell, they still have to show up. And society in India won't function without the labor class. They need them to run their businesses. They need them to run their offices. And I had a very stern conversation with, with my family members in India today, just sort of warning them that it's going to hit India just like it's hit us here. And they're like, oh, it's fine. We'll keep sanitizing our hands. We'll keep washing our hands. And it it was like screaming into a black hole. Yeah. They're just not ready. And and India, it seems like a lot of people have pride that Europe wasn't prepared. But look at the numbers in Europe. Look at the numbers in India. Well, if you're not testing everyone, then obviously the numbers are going to be low. Yeah, I had this conversation with somebody at work as well. Um, yeah. About how India probably has been hit very hard. It's just that mm. it's unknown. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and. People, people are, are be are, this is the thing, Breed. I feel like people at this time are choosing. They've made the choice to be ignorant. They've made the choice to say, well, it's happened like this in other countries. It won't happen to us. And these are educated people, Preet. These are people who've seen the world, who've traveled, and I've spoken to these people myself. And I'm not generalizing. Um, if it comes across like that, I do apologize. I'm not generalizing. I'm sure a lot of people in India are also on the other end where they're trying to protect themselves their families and and those around them and i'm really grateful for people like that but i'm talking about my own experience right now where i've spoken to some family members i've spoken to some people and it's that ignorance that they feel and it's always been like that in india because as a middle class a higher class they've always had some sort of protection whether it's financial or government protection and they feel like they're going to have it as well with this virus but that's not the case it's not the case. It's a completely, completely different time. Yeah, 100%. You mentioned, just bringing it back to uh, the UK, you mentioned uh, nurses and I guess the NHS as a whole are the people on the top of the double-decker bus. Yeah. If you were to explain it, pretend I'm an idiot. Let's, let's pretend. Let's make that giant leap. Do I need to pretend? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's make that I'm giant leap and think I'm an idiot, right? 
what is yeah. what's coming our way Preet I that question you put me that, in a difficult that question so you put, that question so dumb that you're you're speechless no 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 I'm not speechless because it's so dumb I'm speechless because I don't know what to say um I I'll, I'll put it this way breathe and I let your listeners conclude what my message is uh, because I don't want to scare people. I don't want to. I don't want to create any panic amongst the samosa samosa community. <laughs> um, but what I will say is that please remember, not everyone has been tested. Please remember, healthcare workers have likely been exposed to this for a while now, uh, and we haven't had our protective gear, which has been on the news. Please remember, all healthcare workers have not been given the opportunity to be tested. Uh, even patients who are sat at home with a fever and cough, we don't know if they have it because they haven't been tested. Mm. Because at some point they, the um, the NHS had, excuse me, the NHS at some point had said we're not going to test people in the community. This was last week Thursday, but they said they are going to bring it back out again, and they are going to test people in the community. I'll let you do the math, mm. and I, I'm going to leave it at that because. Um, as as a, as a medical profession, it's professional. It's my my job to to inform you. Um, it's also to protect you. It's also to make you understand that we are here for you. We're going to do everything we can to make sure our public is safe. But please don't listen to the media or don't look at the numbers. If we're all educated. We all have a good head on our shoulders, yeah. and just try and use that to gauge where we are right now. Yeah. Because I guess there's a difference between, and I guess I'm not a medical professional, so I guess I can scare people. It, it is one of those mm. things. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is just one of those things. And I've always thought, I've thought this from the beginning, which is that these are just the confirmed cases. If they're telling people, don't come into A&E, don't go into hospitals to get the test, you know, the real mm. figure is probably way, way, way higher than what they're reporting. And I guess it is a case of trying yeah. not to panic people. Um, just a, a, a quick question. I don't want to get you into any like political conversations or anything here, but have mm. the cuts, the historic cuts that we've been experiencing for the last five or ten years, have they had a big impact on the actual way that this has been handled and um, and the effect it's had on the NHS and hospitals? Do you mean the funding yeah. cuts? It definitely has, Spreet, and I I won't go into, as you said, I won't go into the politics of it, I won't go into the, the nitty-gritty of it, but the the main message I want to put out here is that the cuts that have, have happened in the NHS, it's affected, obviously, the hospitals and the way hospitals run. It's affected our salary, it's affected our wage as doctors, and it's affected our training as well. Um, the... The UK is desperate to get juniors. We need a lot of juniors on the ground to allow hospitals to function. And to, to do that, they've sort of prolonged our training program. So our time as a junior doctor is, is longer. Mm. And I, I want to just say that as doctors, we are facing, we face issues that affect us. And then six months later, it's a new thing. And then six months later, it's another thing. 
there's always something that's affecting us working in the hospital. And we talk about morale, we talk about goodwill. But every time something like this happens, whether it's a financial cut, whether it's, you know, the junior doctor strike we had a couple of years ago, whether it's the pandemic now, how long do you think we can keep going for? How long do you expect us to keep showing up to the hospital and putting our our stethoscope on and saying, right, let's go save lives? Because it's hitting a point now, Breathe, where I'm, I'm, I'm I'm going to work, I'm doing my job only because I, I know that this is a difficult time for the NHS and I feel like I have a responsibility to help and I'm more than happy to do that. After this is over, they will tell us, oh, we'll help you, we'll, we'll, we'll sort everything out for you. We don't even have a coffee room for ourselves, Breathe. We don't even have an office where we can put our coats up. I go into hospital, my coat's on the floor. I, put, I, go in, I go into hospital and I leave my handbag with my valuables. I don't even have a locker. That's crazy. Because they say, oh, when you put your stuff inside, just make sure it's to your own discretion, like something might happen. We're just letting you know. I'm not asking for the government to pay us money. I'm not asking us. I'm not asking the government to give us 80k salary as a junior mm. doctor. But when all of this is over, please consider, and this is to the government, if they could please consider giving us a coffee room. Yeah. Giving us giving us a room where we can sit and relax, where we can close our eyes after a 13-hour shift before we do our 30-mile journey home. Mm. We don't have any of that. And I'm so grateful for what's been happening in the last few days where they're giving out free drinks and I've seen some taxi drivers wave their fee in London as well. And that's amazing. I just hope that doesn't die out. That's my, my, my worry because people now are seeing us working to the to the ends to make sure that everyone is safe but breathe we do this every day yeah we see suffering on a daily basis we see people dying on a daily basis we you know we come we give all our energy into work and come home with nothing to give to our parents because we're exhausted we don't have that emotional energy yeah but we're willing to do that we're going to carry on and we're going to keep fighting but just please consider next time you go into a hospital, next time you want to donate to a charity, just remember us as well. Because we don't have any of that. We don't have the luxury of just sitting in a coffee room and putting our feet up. And this is what people, this is what the public needs to needs to be aware of. And this is what the government needs to be aware of. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that I kind of have, like, whenever I hear, especially during Boris Johnson's, like, um, little daily updates and stuff, that's something that always kind of goes through my head, which is like, it's not just now that doctors and nurses are expected to work 12, 13, 14 hour shifts. Yeah. I, I, for, for a long time, especially over the last like few years or whatever, it has become the norm. Like that's just the mm. job description, isn't it? Well, Preet, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a good example, right? Yesterday, Rishi Sunak said that he would cover the salary for, for employees, um, and he said up to 80%, I think, up to about 2,500. I think it was Did you say grand. that? Two grand, yeah. Preet, an F1 junior doctor earns just about mm. that. So if you imagine people who are not working in the health industry, people who are working from home, and they will, they will be able to get all of this money back. But we still have to show up to work during this pandemic. We still have to... Was we're earning our money in that way and 
people need to understand that as a junior doctor, as an F1, F2, which is foundation year one doctor, which is the first job you get coming right out of medical school, you earn, you don't earn enough to even save money to buy a house. You don't earn enough money to even save on a monthly basis. That's the that's the reality on a normal yeah. day. That's the reality for us on a normal day. Um, a few days ago, I was speaking to a journalist, and I just asked her, I said, how much do you think an F1 earns? She said, yeah, they probably earn about 60K, and I just burst <laughs> out laughing. I was like, it takes years as a doctor to get yeah. to that stage. It takes years. So we are not even, we we are, we we bear the brunt of the the finances. We we still show up to work. We still work nights. We still do 12, 13-hour shifts throughout the night. We still show up the next day. Yeah. But it's still not enough. And we still have to work extra hours just so we can get some savings and go on a holiday just to get away from our work and come back more energized. Yeah. So all that you're seeing now from the NHS, people working hard, people going in and out, salaries, everything. This is normal. This is this is us on a daily basis. Honestly, I think on behalf of like our listeners, and I guess just people and decent people in general, I think I think it's just a massive thanks, isn't it? Um, yeah, and 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 breathe. I think the love that's coming in is so overwhelming. The 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 admiration for the NHS workers is is really admirable, and I think. We can't forget those working in supermarkets, those working in petrol stations. They're also risking themselves by going out. So it's a big thank you to, to everybody who's put themselves out there yeah. on the line. Well, thanks for firstly, thanks for coming on. And secondly, thanks for doing doing what you do like every day. Um, it's, I guess we need to end on a positive note because I'm feeling sad as shit right now, you know. <laughs> like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Breathe. I, 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 I think this is the first time I've spoken this way, um, and I think this is the first time I've, I felt pa- I've, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the first time I felt passionate as a doctor. I've always felt passionate as a doctor, but I think this is the first time I, I'm just so passionate about making sure that we're mm. all protected, you and the community and us as doctors. My heart is my heart is yeah. aching, Breathe. Um, not just for us but for our families in India, for the poor people in India, not just in India and Africa, everywhere around the world, those who will be affected, and it's always the same people who get affected, as I said earlier. My heart is aching. I haven't slept for like a week because I just don't know what's going to happen. And I'm sure a lot of people are going through the same thing, whether they work in the NHS or not. But it is a difficult time. It's a very difficult time. But we will get through it. We will get through it as long as... As we work, as we work I think together, I, I, I think it's important for. I know you've said that this is the first time you've spoken like this, but I think it's important for people in your position, so NHS workers and stuff, to actually come forward. And I know this does happen category, uh, um, not categorically, uh, from time to time, where there will be one news article about the conditions in the NHS and stuff. But I think it's important because you you guys are now you guys have the spotlight now. And I think it's important for you to actually show mm. a the human impact that's having, like what you said at the mm. start, that you know you're in this constant state of worry and tension that you know you could be passing it on to your children, your your parents, that kind of stuff. Mm. But then also the mm. the absolute ridiculous hours you have to work, even before this, and like the type of jobs that you're doing, it's emotionally mm. taxing. You know, conveying hard messages to people and you know, to their families and that sort of stuff. 
I think it's important that mm. my only hope is that throughout this whole thing that people realise how much we rely on the NHS and be what it means if it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. Hmm. I think people have have shown, I think all doctors are working in solidarity now. We're all working together. We're all supporting each other. Um, and people have shown a lot of respect and a lot of gratitude. And Breed, that's all yeah. we need. <laughs> you. That's all we need to keep us going. And as I said, our goodwill is running on fumes. But we can we can get that back. We can get that fire back as long as we're kind and we're respectful to each other. Yesterday, I had a patient who I had to send home and they got really angry because they were waiting for medication and they started, they just went off on one and they started shouting at the nurse and the nurse was really calm and said, can I offer you a cup of tea? And I, I, I was, I was just in awe. I was like, wow, like you don't know what's happening in the hospital right now. You don't know if you're sending anything home to your kids when you go back, but you still have that inside you to say, look, I know you're angry. You're angry at something that's not my fault, <laughs> but I'll still make you a cup yeah. of tea. And these are the people, these are the kind of people who are working for you right now. These are the people who are putting their lives at risks at risk for you. Just try, just try and help them where you can. Yeah. Stay at home. Be safe. Um, and that that's all we're it's asking. It's a good little summary there. Essentially, it's be nice and don't be a dick and endanger other people. <laughs> you can put it that way too. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, have that yeah. representing the NHS stuff. I could just tell people, just don't be a dick, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, what projects do you have yeah. coming outside of work? I know you're a busy woman, obviously, but I think we'll end on a positive note. Um, yeah. Well, well Preet, I think I think that I've, I've made it quite clear over the last half an hour or so that we my my passion lies within helping the community and not just working as a doctor but you know working uh, globally as well we're a global community um and we can all help each other um i i became a doctor because i, I wanted to help and serve the community and i i do that in hospital on a day-to-day -day basis but i feel like there are other ways to do that as well and podcasting is was one of my passions as well so if you uh, you can put the link in, in your description, but my podcast, mm -hmm. Meenal's World, um, is all about empowering us South Asians to to believe in ourselves and to follow our passions. And I, I, I try to interview, you know, celebrities or, or people who've sort of been through that journey of success uh, because nowadays we live in a society where we want everything so easily on our, on our fingertips. We want Netflix, Amazon, order stuff. It comes yeah. the next day and it's done. Uh, but people need to see the others, the, the true side of success and, and hard work. Um, so that's one of one of my passions, and I like to um, I like to help people through through that. So I, I enjoy podcasting. I, I have a podcast that comes out every Friday. Uh, this week, honestly, it's been a bit delayed for well obvious reasons. Jeez, you know, why was that? <laughs> I've been too busy on that double decker bus, Preet. <laughs> um, but another thing that I started a few years ago was. Um, we have a, a charity my husband and I have founded um, and it's based in Kenya and we, we care for 12 orphans uh, there in Kenya and we, we, we fund their, their food and education and we try to empower them through that uh, and our dream is to, to build, them, build them a home, uh, an orphanage where they can be safe. Uh, right now all our kids are 
are mm. isolated at home because I gave them the warning two weeks ago. I said, don't even bother going to school, just stay at home. Um, but our, our issue now is that we, we, need, we need some funds to, to help them with their food, um, just basic bread, rice, because we're, we're running out of, of stock. So if anyone out there is, is happy to help us, please just get in touch. Um, yeah, please, I'll yeah, give you the we'll, link. We'll and definitely put that in the people description. People get in touch with me through that. Um, and all over the social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank yeah. you thank you again for coming on and getting in touch um and i generally do hope people take take it on board take the advice on board and sort of think about the human impact that's been that's been going on in people people like yourselves lives um i think that's important mm. um let's share a happy thought before we go <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like I've, uh, I've got nothing oh <laughs> I've literally. <laughs> well, please, you've asked me. You've asked me such difficult questions in the last <laughs> half hour. I mean, my mind is in a. I have need to switch my mind up. But a, a happy thought is, breathe. I, I will say this. My my heart is filled with with gratitude, with everybody who's helping. Not just doctors, but even the elderly. Uh, yesterday, I saw um, an elderly couple shopping in Morrison's, and someone offered their help to hold their bags and baskets because they realized that they were trying to bulk buy. And that that really made me smile, breathe. And I just want people to understand that amidst all this panic and chaos and virus, there are a lot of good people out there, a lot of good people doing a lot of good things. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners are those people. So let's not forget that and just remind yourself from time to time that that the world is full of a lot of good people. And if you have anyone around you who you feel is doing a good job, just remind yeah. them. Just let them know that you you're yeah, grateful for. A little bit of them. kindness goes a long way. Mine's not quite as sophisticated yeah. as especially as now. Uh, mine's. <laughs> did you did you hear about that terrorism attack in Barcelona? These two, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, these two extremists drove into a mall, but obviously everything's on fucking lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> so, Oh, but when did this happen? Uh, when, when I read it earlier this morning. So obviously the idiots didn't oh carry out a terrorist attack; just got arrested. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm of they, they turn up, turn up in heaven, thinking they've got 52 virgins, and they're like, "Yeah, oh sorry, my mate, god, you fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> um, who? Would, okay, I mean, planning a terrorist attack when everyone's in isolation. I mean, <laughs> this, well, this world yeah. is just glitching hard, <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, everyone's actually going crazy now. Sensational. Well, thank you again for coming on. Ooh. Thank you, Bri. That's a, that's the first time I've, I've laughed in in about 24 Good. hours. So Excellent. Thank you for no worries. That. I did my job. Uh, thank you again for coming on. It means a lot. <laughs> um, Dr. Menal Viz from Menal's World. Thank you very much.